Pastor Xavier Reese with simple truths and hope for the coming resurrection. God revealed to Daniel here through the angel that every human being will be resurrected and judged by God. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Not maybe, not I know so, not I hope so. The resurrection is certain, absolutely certain. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. God gave the prophet Daniel the precise timeline of when the Messiah would come to earth for the first time. The prophecy also mentioned a future ruler who will make a seven-year covenant with Israel and break it after three and a half years, followed by a period of great tribulation. But coming up, Pastor Xavier reminds us of the simple truth that our hope is in a risen Lord who has resurrection plans for those that have chosen His plan of salvation. Let's listen. Daniel is one incredible man who has served through two empires of the time of the Gentiles, the head of gold, Babylon, the shoulders and arms of silver, Medo-Persia. Daniel had lived during the reign of all the kings of Babylon. He knew of Nabopolassar, the father of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel knew Nebuchadnezzar personally, Belshazzar, 605 to 339. That covers the first and the last king. Daniel knew Darius as he received the kingdom at age 62 when Belshazzar was slain in that night of 539 B.C. A long, long time. Daniel could have lived beyond the last date that we have of 536 in chapter 10, verse 1 of this last vision. But at that point, he was 85 to 89 years of age, if he was 16 to 20 years when he went into captivity in 605 B.C. The first part of Daniel's note dealt with the prophetic visions focusing on the Gentiles, chapter 1 to 6. The second part of Daniel dealt with the prophetic visions focusing on the Jews, 7 to 12. Now Daniel received in his last vision here the horrible time of the great tribulation that we looked at. Horrible time over his people, the Jews, as well as the consoling hope of God delivering and saving them, the remnant of Israel in chapter 12, verse 1. Then Daniel was revealed that every human being will be resurrected and judged by God. This is one of the biggest arguments of the non-believer. Well, do you really believe there's a God? Listen, whether you believe it or not, you're going to stand before God and have to give an account for your life. And that's why we who believe Christ Jesus died and rose for us, we know that we should live in a certain way because we're going to face God one day makes all the difference in the world how you live. And so let me read here verse 2. He says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. God revealed to Daniel here through the angel, every human being will be resurrected and is characterized by three things. First, the resurrection is certain. Absolutely certain. Second, the resurrection of the righteous. And thirdly, the resurrection of the unrighteous. 
There should never be any doubt about the resurrection. Listen to the words again. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Not maybe. Not I know so. Not I hope so. But it's absolutely certain. The angel told Daniel, notice that many of his people would be resurrected from the dead. The many refer to the Jews whose names were written in the book, verse 1. The indication of many is to the great number, but not to all Jews, in terms of one side being the righteous or the other. Every Jew will be raised, but he divides them into two categories that we're going to see. Every Gentile will be raised, but it's going to be one of two categories. The reason is that not all were true Israel. They weren't true believers. Paul the Apostle says in Romans 6-8, through 8, chapter 9, verse 6-8, through 8, For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh. Those are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Now notice the reference to those who sleep in the dust of the earth is the Jews in the grave. The word sleep is a euphemism for physical death. It is never used of the unbeliever. Always of the believer. Old Testament as well as new. Okay? The term is used throughout the Old Testament as well as the new. Psalm 13.3, Jeremiah 51.53. We're going to look at the text, 1 Thessalonians 4.14 and 5.10. Just a couple, some of the passages, okay? The context will determine whether it is sleep for rest or sleep of death. Context makes all the difference, okay? People always say, well, you know, you Christians, you know the Bible's figurative. We can't be sure. Hey, listen to me. If I say, that's a cool jacket you have, you wouldn't believe I'm saying it's a cold jacket. You know that I'm using figurative language to describe something literal. But it's good looking. Okay? And if I said to you, hey, it's cool outside, you're not saying it's a beautiful day. You understand the context. It's the same thing with the Bible. Alright? Now, the reference to awake is figuratively to the raising of the dead from their graves. The word awake, again, another euphemism here for physical resurrection. He uses it on both ends. And again, the term is used like that in the Old Testament as well as the New. Isaiah 26, 19, Joel 1, 5, and many others. Again, the context would determine whether it is awake from sleep or if it's awake from the physical resurrection. Okay? The context will be very, very clear. Now, notice the angel told Daniel what he already knew about the resurrection from the dead. This is not new. Daniel already knew this. But in the midst of this very gloom time of great tribulation, Jacob's trouble, God gives him assurance of hope. Okay? Sometimes we can get so bummed out of what's going on, we forget the hope at the end. Daniel was familiar with the words of God and death. You remember that God created the garden for Adam and Eve to cultivate it in Genesis 2.15. And God told them they could leave everything, every tree, freely in verse 16 of that chapter. And then God told them that if they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they surely would die in verse 17. Literally, dying you shall die. Every baby that's born, it begins to die. And at one year old, it's dying. At 10 years old, it's still dying. At 25 years old, it's still dying. At 65 years old, it's still dying. And one day at 71, he really dies altogether. The minute you're born, you begin to die. 
Just what the Hebrew says in Genesis. If you eat dying, you shall die. The first breath is your first step towards death as you enter this life. Wow. Adam had never seen physical death, as you know, until Cain killed Abel. Spiritual death took place instantly the minute they ate. They were cut off from God. They went and hit themselves. God said, where art thou, Adam? It wasn't because God didn't know where he was hiding. He wanted him to reflect, where are you now in relationship to me? You had a fellowship. So, spiritual death took place immediately. Cut off from fellowship. Physical death began progressively. Daniel believed the words of Job about death and resurrection. Listen to Job. He equally expressed his confidence in the resurrection. In Job 14, 14 through 15. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my, uh, of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. You shall call, and I will answer you. You shall desire the work of your hand. Well, he's more specific in Job 19, 25 through 27. Job prophesied about his Redeemer that he would see one day upon this earth. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know. That in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Full confidence in the resurrection. Job is the oldest book of the Bible. Believed that he lived in the time of Abraham. Now Daniel believed the words of the prophets as they spoke about death and resurrection. Uh, Isaiah 26, 19 is a familiar one. Isaiah the prophet spoke of the dead bodies rising. Your dead shall live together with my dead body. They shall arise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in dust. For your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out its dead. Your dead shall live with my dead body. Who's, who's my dead body? That's the Messiah. Prophetic Messiah. He died and rose again. We're going to see this, Okay. Hosea 13, 14. He spoke of the resurrection. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plague. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. All the prophets. And this is just a sample. Notice two things in all these scriptures through the Old Testament about death and resurrection. And it's consistent with the rest. First, there is no clear distinction between the abode of the evil that die and the faithful that die. They both go to Sheol or the grave, the place of departed spirits. That's the words in the Hebrew. Okay? And there's no distinction made at all in the Old Testament. It isn't until the New Testament. We'll look at that in a little while. Second, there's no information that gives us the fact that there is a thousand years between the first resurrection of the faithful and the second resurrection of the unrighteous until the New Testament. Those two things are hidden from the Old Testament. Alright? They just give us a general resurrection. Now, it is in chapter 16 of Luke, as you remember, Jesus spoke about Lazarus, the poor man, and the rich man who both died. And they both went to the prospective place to Sheol or the grave or Hades in the Greek. Two compartments. Place of torment, the place of comfort, paradise, the bosom of Abraham. On this side is the beggar man. 
On the other side is a rich man who told Father Abraham, have him dip his finger in water that it might cool my tongue. I have five brothers, send someone from the dead. He said, listen, they have Moses in the scriptures. If they don't believe them, they will not believe someone that comes back from the dead. Jesus came back from the dead. People don't believe it. So he gives us the division, punishment, comfort. That wasn't known in the Old Testament. They just both went to the grave, placed the part of spirits. You know, the saint who dies has an incredible physical benefit. They are no longer are aging, decaying anymore at all. They do not experience anxiety, illness, pain any longer. So it's a sweet and bitter to those we love because we know they're with the Lord, but we also know they're not suffering anymore. They don't have to care for their body needs, but all the things that we're encumbered with through life when we get older. Philippians 1, 21-23 says, For to me to live is Christ and die is gain. But if I live in the flesh... This will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Far better. I mean, this life is great. He's given us incredible bodies, minds. But there comes a time as we get older that life is not what it used to be. That's the reality. Okay? So you walk with God, so when you're old, you go gracefully. So you can draw from the Scriptures. When those days come that you have no pleasure in them, book of Ecclesiastes says. Second Corinthians four, sixteen through eighteen says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are seen not seen are eternal. And we understand this when we come to Christ. Nothing wrong with the physical things, but they're not the important things. We see the things that are more important, the things that are always going to last, the things that have value on them. It's a different perspective now. Your worldview is different. The saint who dies has a great spiritual benefit. They no longer have to worry about their sin nature. It's over. They don't have to resist any longer. They don't have to do warfare any longer. They no longer have to go through the trials and temptations of the strategies of Satan. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. How limited we are in this world in so many ways. And yet we act like we're in control. What is it that you really have full control of? Name me one thing. There's nothing you have full control of. But we want to believe we do. The saints' assurance is, is the scriptures. Listen to First Thessalonians 1.5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. The assurance of the power of the Spirit, the gospel. Hebrews 6.11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. The end of what? The end of your life, not the ride. Your life. 
Hebrews 10.22 Let us draw near with the true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Talking about the life of sanctification and keeping our accounts short and staying right with God. Hebrews 11.13 These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embracing them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Do you really believe and understand that you're a pilgrim? Listen, this body is called a tent. That should give you perspective. It's very temporal. It grows frail. And one day you're going to pull that thing too hard and it's going to tear. The resurrection is certain. Ending the needs of this earthly life. Secondly, the resurrection of the righteous is next. Listen to his words, some to everlasting life. The angel revealed to Daniel, the righteous would be raised in the future. The statement only confirmed what Daniel already knew again in the scriptures. The some are referred here to the Jew who had died in faith, believing the promises of God. Those who died from the time of Adam till the resurrection. The first resurrection as we'll see. The phrase everlasting life, as you know, it means perpetual life that never ends. Quantity is the focus there. But the phrase, first of all, implies quality of life. A God-like life. Whenever you read the word eternal life or forever, it means God-like life if you're a Christian. If it's eternal life or eternal or forever, on the flip side it will see, that's in punishment. Okay? If that bothers you, then get your life squared away. But it's a true fact on both ends. And this is the case throughout the Old and New Testament about eternal life. Now, notice the phrase everlasting life means being present with God for all eternity then. God created you and myself in this image after His likeness that we might have communion with Him and be in fellowship with Him. What an incredible privilege. Sin separates man from God. But God through His promise of the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15 made the way of the Messiah. Become man. Die. Be risen from the dead. Now the angel in revealing the resurrection for the righteous to Daniel was basing it on the redemptive work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. He understood the resurrection. Now, he, he doesn't know all particular things, but he understood the scripture. He knew about Messiah. Jesus said, if they destroy the temple, that he would raise it up after three days. He was speaking of his body in John two nineteen through 21, but they thought he was talking about the temple. Jesus gave the scribes a sign of the resurrection, the, 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 the maximum sign. What is it? The sign of Jonah, Matthew twelve forty. As Jonah spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, so must the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah spent in the will, the Son of God, and the earth. He locates for us Hades, the grave, Sheol. Isn't it interesting, those of you who studied geology, the core of the earth is magma, lava. And it surges up and it makes volcanoes. Okay? He locates it there. Pretty hot. You won't need a heater in hell. 
Jesus always mentions his death with his resurrection from the confession of Caesarea Philippi. Where Jesus asked, who did the man say that I am? And they gave him Elisha, Moses, this and that. And he said, but who do you say I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. But they didn't understand it. They had the Jewish mind. Jesus told Peter, James and John, when they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and they saw Jesus glorified, and Moses and Elijah there. By the way, that's a preview of the second coming, his exodus, as he left his world to come back. He told them, don't tell anybody about this until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. Matthew 17, 9. They were expecting a conquering Messiah, not a suffering Messiah. Jesus, hearing the news of Lazarus, if you remember, he delayed two more days. And he told his disciples plainly, Lazarus is not sick, he's dead. I'm going to go back and raise him. John 11, verse 21 through 27. Now, when Jesus got there, he had delayed again four days. And Martha was a little disappointed. He said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Oh, Martha, he wouldn't arise again. Oh, I know in the last days. No, 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 no. He rebuked her. Jesus says, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. But she evaded the question. I'm the resurrection. Now, there was a big difference when Jesus raised Lazarus or the the daughter of Jairus. They died physically. He brought them back to the physical earthly realm. He raised them from the dead. The resurrection is a raising out of the dead in a glorified body. They died again. Okay? So don't make the two the same. People have been raised from the dead during Mao's reign in China. We heard testimonies from the underground church that God raised some from the dead. That's no big deal for God. But that's different from the resurrection of being glorified. The body of Jesus went through walls. He went from Jerusalem up to Galilee. And yet, he said, touch me. And he ate. So it's physical, but it's a different molecular structure. It's a whole different thing than we even understand. Arthur Brisbane once pictured a crowd of grieving caterpillars carrying the course of of cocoon into its final resting place. The poor distressed caterpillars clad in black raiment were weeping and all the while the beautiful butterfly fluttered happily above. He much admired of the earth, forever freed from the earthly shell, he says. Needless to say, Bisbane had the average Orthodox funeral in mind and sought to convey the idea that when our loved ones pass, it is foolish to remember only the cocoon and concentrate our attention on the remains while forgetting the bright butterfly. That loved one who's been incapacitated through a stroke, the minute they give up their last breath, their whole, if they know Jesus Christ. Remember that song, If You Can Only See Me Now? <laughs> Dancing before the Lord. Wow. Pastor Xavier Reese, closing with an apt illustration for the restoration of the bodies of believers in the coming resurrection.
Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And though we've had to break for today only partway through this message, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in next time for the conclusion, as always, you can pick up your own copy of this study as well. And the title you want to ask for is simply, The Resurrection of the Just and Unjust. It's available on CD for just $4. Again, that title, The Resurrection of the Just and Unjust, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 